Welcome to the Fans of Fitness Podcast, a voice for fitness, health, and wellness professionals. The National Personal Training Institute of Arizona. Legit instructors teaching you. No, enough of those bad reps. The good quality trainers that come out of the school. Let's get into it. Joey, it's amazing to have you here on our podcast. So glad you could make it. I can't wait to hear more about you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, being open to hear what I have to say. You know, you coming down to the studio and just meeting me and Serene and, and being inside OPT, you know, it means a lot. So thank you. I'm super excited to dive deep with you. So, yeah, man, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's good to meet you. Yeah, you guys I'm too. not doing the ice bath. <laughs> we'll get you there. No, I'll do it. It's good. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I know what you'll do next time. you just come uh, with blue jeans on again. Like, ah, sorry, I'm not dressed for the occasion. That was like Kevin did at uh, Strict Vision. Kevin did it in his yeah. underwear. <laughs> yeah, it was a hot day. We did a, a field trip to a, a place that we, we go quite often. And uh place we went, they had, he had a... Uh, they had well, an ice bath uh, type thing. Yeah. little uh plunge. Mm-hmm. I think it was 34 degrees is what he keeps us at, or 33. Right. Anyway, it was hot. And one of our students is just like, hey, man, I'm going in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the guy that owns the, the, the business did not expect that. He just took his shorts off and his shirt and jumped right in. We're like... Okay, he was really hot. <laughs> it was hot, uh-huh. and it did not face him one bit. He just yeah. went right in there like it was lukewarm water. Yeah, I think it was so. like the first of September or something like yeah. that. Some somewhere yeah. close to that. Mm. It was really hot. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, we just did two field trips to your your mm-hmm. your uh, facility, OPT Fitness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, man, that was something. That was something. So the day and the night class, we both went to um, to Joey's fitness studio didn't really know what to expect i kind of had an idea but i was way off <laughs> i was i was like all right so maybe we'll do a contrast therapy and, and maybe mm-hmm. we'll do some some square breathing and, and maybe do a workout but mm-hmm. the closer we got with the day class the, the more i thought you know we can work out anytime i really want to see what this is about with the mm-hmm. contrast therapy and, and what your message mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. so we pivoted a little bit instead of working out we decided hey let's just hey man do mm-hmm. do your thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and you did, and uh, people came out of that different. Mm-hmm. The day and night class came out different people because mm-hmm. I don't think any of them had ever experienced anything like that. In fact, I can I can say none of them have ever experienced anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, having said that, why don't we talk a little bit about what we experienced? Yeah, yeah. So. Man, I guess when I reached out to you, like the uh, you through Instagram, yeah, you know, for me and my business, I've been in business for 15 years, but it's never really taken off. A lot of that has to do with, I think, my personality, my uh, organizational skills on top of my business skills. I just, I'm such a, I just want to do what I love doing. I don't really want to do the, the business work. I don't want to do the crossing the T's and dotting the I's. I just want to be me. But now, because I'm realizing the impact that we have on people, I don't want to do that anymore. I want it to grow. So I spent some time reaching out. I, I think it was the, earlier this year, I think I reached out, or the end of last year. I don't remember. Yeah, it was several months ago. Yeah. You were in a different location then. Correct. I was in a completely different location yeah. then. And um, uh, I don't know if I had just gotten back from the jungle or I was going to the jungle again. But that's I know I reached into you in that time frame. And so, uh, you know, I had saw some of the people you had come and speak to the class. And I do public speaking now. I was just in Tuba City last week doing a public uh, speaking event for 
like the health and wellness of Native American communities. Awesome. Like three weeks before that, I was back at Tuba City again doing uh, a speech on like suicide prevention. And so I was like, okay, maybe he'll just have me come in and talk to the class. But then I was like, hey, well, let's just, I didn't know you were so close to me. Yeah. So our new location had you guys come in. And I think for me, I've been a trainer since I was 19 years old. So I'm 38 right now. I've been wow. I've been a trainer the entire way through. Graduated from ASU with my degree in exercise science and wellness. Went and got my CSCS because I was really big into the sports performance side of things. And uh, as soon as you guys started to come in, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do workouts with this crew. Like I saw kind of everyone. There's like a lot of like bodybuilders in the class. Like a lot of like, and I said, nah. I, you guys are going to go to whatever gym you go to, pick it. You're going to, oh, we're going to do some lunges. We're going to do, how many times are going to show you how to do a squat variation right. or yeah. a kettlebell swing? It's like yeah. everyone's going to show you that. But what they're not going to show you is I'm going to show you. And uh, I didn't want to do just the contrast stuff, right? Because for me, we're doing this for the past, I'm going to say five years now, since 2017 is when I started getting into ice bath sauna but i've been doing meditation and breath work for about 10 years and uh i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna i want to do something different with this class especially because as trainers as like fitness coaches health coaches it, no one's really vulnerable everyone talks about vulnerability everyone talks right. about intimacy but then when push comes to shove i'm like oh you're not really about vulnerability <laughs> you're not really about communication skills you're not but how are you going to teach that to somebody else how are you going to lead someone like through losing weight, like when people have health issues or body image issues or body dysmorphia, it's such an intimate process. This requires so much vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And we don't expect that as trainers, like as fitness people. Right. It's like we're just shells. Right. And, and so I was like, oh, I want to take this class and do something different. And the vulnerability piece on my end is, hey, I'm going to share with you guys my heart. And I don't know how you guys are going to take this. Right, because I know if I take you guys through a dynamic warm up, treadmill sprints, bike sprints, I'll blast you guys in a workout, and you'll be like, "I've never worked out that hard in my life." <laughs> but that's doesn't that's no vulnerability on my piece. It's just I'm going to do what I do that I've been doing for 20 years. Like I don't even have to think about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm taking a group of professionals, and I'm going to be in this whole way where they have to sit here, they have to be still. We're going to do this breath work. You have to share. Right. I was like, all right, let's let's pivot. And to Travis's credit, he was like, okay, like let's do this. And he was kind of like, oh no. And uh, so we get him sitting in a circle, right? I kind of start to introduce him, like, who am I? Like, what? The, I have this wall I call the OPT wall of greatness, and it's all these pictures since of my whole life. Hmm. You know, pictures of places I've been, places I've traveled, the people that I've helped, the communities that That's I awesome. serve, and like everyone just comes in and is like, oh my god, because I want people to know me like you're not just supporting a gym you're supporting my life you're supporting ryan's life or serene's life you're you're supporting me to go and live into the jungle in isolation you're supporting me giving back to my native american community you're supporting my dreams and i want you to know that about me that i'm not just this bro who walks around in tank tops and crocs all day long i, I dressed up for you guys right now you know like yeah. i'm not wearing my tank i have my you could you could wear your tank top yeah, yeah, it'd yeah. been fine and uh so i want people to know me you know that it's not just about how you look here so then we get into the meditation room and introduce ourselves i'm talking to everyone about it and when i talk about these things about the people i work with the impact that i've had the places that i've been to travel to 
the traumas I've overcome from uh, abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, uh, spiritual abuse, right, to the addictions I've gone through, through my dysfunctional family, to me being the first person to gradu- in my family to graduate high school, first person in my family uh-huh. to graduate college, right? I had to work four jobs to put myself through college, you know, like all these different things that I've been through, you know, you hear me in p- the class is kind of like, mm, yeah, whatever, like, you know, there was some of that energy at first, sure. right? Like, okay, well, we're, we're going to lift weights, bro. Right. And I, 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 I understand that. It kind of sounds like, who is this guy? Like, again, why doesn't he have 100,000 followers? Like, why isn't he famous? You know, and I don't live my life like that. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't value those kinds of things, which has been hard as a business owner. You know, I yeah. value this connection, communication, right? It's our third time seeing each other in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I value connection. So it's like hard for me, you know? Yeah. And so then we're talking and I'm talking about the impact as quote unquote personal trainers, right? Have on people's lives Mm -hmm. because we don't view it like that, whether you're nutrition coach or, you know, however it might be, personal trainers get this stereotype of when are you going to grow up? That's what I said to the class. When are you going to grow up? Like you get a big girl, get a big boy job, whatever, whatever that means. Yeah. And I've always hated that, that a stereotype or just that kind of view that people have on the health and the fitness industry. And so I'm telling them that you're way more than what you think you are. Like the impact you have as a quote unquote trainer, you'll change people's lives. And and I start just sharing the stories about people that I've, you know, their lives have changed. And now I'm leaning into that more. Again, you're like, they're like, okay, yeah, who is this guy? Like, whatever, (laughs) let's get get on with this class, right? So then I start having everyone do this breathing routine, right? And immediately, if I have you come into a, a breathwork class, I'm going to I'll just dissect you just by how you breathe, mm-hmm. because I already know your breath is this connection to life. And if you're resistant to just breathing, it's like, oh, I know you're resistant to all kinds of things mm-hmm. Like you don't even have to tell me. I can see it somatically how it lives in you. And so everyone's breathing and I start talking to them about the mental cue. I said, what does it mean to you to be a coach? What does it mean to you to be this person? You know, and are you breathing with confidence? Are you breathing with integrity? Are you breathing with the belief that you can actually impact people's lives, right? Where everyone's breathing, right? And the one girl Kim's comes in late, right? This one girl comes in late. And and I am I allowed to say her name or no? Just keep it I won't say her name. Okay. But this girl <laughs> it's in his class is like bodybuilder, jacked, like you would just never think, you know, that this girl was gonna have this emotional revelation. So she sits down. She's late. We've already started breathing. And I just look at her and I kind of like show her how to breathe. So she starts breathing and I'm still talking to them about what mm-hmm. I want you guys to think about in this moment right here. And before we even get to like the third round, she's just crying. And no one knows this yet except for me. And uh, and I'm like, it's happening. Like this is what OPT is. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because I think everyone was caught off guard because the breathing ended. We go around and I have people share. How, introduce yourself, your name, right? Introduce yourself. Be proud of who you are and what does it mean to be a coach for you? Right. So then Travis goes and then this next girl goes and she's just bawling. And I paused and I said, I want you guys to know something right now. This is what OPT is. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. And I don't even know this girl. I haven't even, and, and she's already, and she just starts, uh, uh, like, I know she was just joking around, but she's like, F you, man, F you, man, F you, I'm over here crying, yeah. F you. And everyone's just like laughing, you know? And I use it as a huge teaching moment because all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, what this guy's talking about is real. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like so real. And it happened like that. And I was like so happy that it happened, not only for her, but for the class to see, even for you to see, be like, oh my God, like what the heck is happening? <laughs> so then it changed the whole conversation for the class. Where everyone right. all of a sudden was like a little bit more locked in. Mm-hmm. So then we go around the room, right? Uh, we share, get into the sauna. And I talked to them about all the benefits of the sauna, right? Because I can really geek out on the physiology. I really love physiology. So then I'm talking about the physiology, about the sauna and, you know, the, all the benefits, the health benefits, which are unbelievable. We've talked about this. Yeah. For you to, to know the benefits of the sauna and the ice and not do it, it's like you're ignorant. Right. It's like so crazy, the benefits, the physical benefits, health benefits. It's like all you have to do is sit here. Yeah. It would literally be ignorant, be uncomfortable. Correct. To not do it. So I'm talking to him about all that. So I was worried about that. Like I always, I love the sauna. So I would go sit in the sauna all the time. And I was always like, is this really healthy? Is this what I need to be doing? Absolutely. A thousand percent. <laughs> Tell them. Seems yeah, too yeah, easy, yeah. right? And, and I just found out earlier from Jennifer because found out that I need to breathe more. Because mm. <laughs> Jennifer teaches nutrition, but you had the students breathing, right? Before class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love it. it. It just puts you in a completely different... You're, you don't realize how much you walk around your life breathing unintentionally and... For me, when I teach my classes, meditation classes, the sober living classes, the breath is life. It actually means spear, S-P-I-R or spiritus. And what it actually translates to in Latin is uh, spirit, Hmm. literally translates to spirit. So breath Mm -hmm. literally means spirit. And so then when you're breathing unconscious, it's because you're not walking connected to your own spirit. And then in physiological terms, it's you're sympathetic. <laughs> I'm fight or flight. Mm-hmm. I'm chest breathing. I'm always right. living in my head. I'm not living in my body. I'm not embodying my breath. Mm-hmm. And so for you to always breathe with intention, I talked a little uh, to the class a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. I'm embodying who I am. I can feel who I am. I can feel present in the room. And then I can show up how I want to show up. I'm not in my head. I'm literally speaking from inspiration to the word inspiration translates to fill with spirit mm-hmm. and so i pivoted awesome. with travis because i was like no nah, man i want to like let's just freestyle this thing let yeah. me see what happens and if i would have not let myself be like hey again let's be vulnerable let's try something new with this class uh, the inspiration wouldn't have hit me and then this conversation isn't even happening because you would have been like, oh, yeah, he just works out here. It's like, whatever, whatever, whatever. We did contrast therapy. We've done it before. There's all these places doing it. He wouldn't have seen, like, mm-hmm. the magic part of it. Yeah. So then we get into the sauna with the crew. I'm breaking all the stuff down. And then uh, we get into the ice. We're getting everyone into the ice. And the way that I approach it, with the trainers, I said, hey, here's all the physical stuff of it. But then here's the emotional stuff. Here's the spiritual stuff. Here's the psychological stuff. Here is the stuff that nobody talks about in the contrast world, which where that's where I get frustrated. I'm like, man, you guys, again, you're so surface with what it is that you're doing. You're not actually teaching people about these, the elements. And for me, it's as a Native American, it's like we go to the earth to heal. So we use the elements to heal fire, water, earth, wind. That's how we heal. Those are our ceremonies. Those are our traditions. And so then when you're just putting people into these places and not helping them unlock different layers you're not only doing a disservice to yourself you're doing a disservice to the people now i get it again people are trying to make money so it's like in and out in and out in and out in and out but for me i'm trying to make impact mm-hmm. so i was like okay here we go we're gonna get in the ice now now okay everyone can get in the sauna for the most part but right. it's what happens if we get in the ice 
And so then there was a whole other lady that had a meltdown in the ice. And it was beautiful, right? It's these somatic experiences. You're having these releases. And you can't even explain it. You can't put it into words what's happening. But because it's happened so many times, I kind of like, oh, I know. Let's have this conversation or like, let's do this. And then you get out and you realize whatever fear you're facing, right? It doesn't matter. Physiologically, your body releases the same chemicals, right? You go into fight or flight. You have that. I can't do this. This is too hard. It's just too much. It's too overwhelming. I'm not good at the cold. <laughs> whatever that conversation is. I like he's uh, pointing at me. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I had him too. Because that conversation exists. But the ice, the breath work, the meditation, the stillness, the sauna, it just brings it out of you in a different way. You just want to project onto it. It's the sauna or the ice, but it's everything. I'm not smart enough to take this test or uh, you name it. I'm not capable. I'm not ready to be a mom or I'm not ready to be a dad or I've never done a podcast before. It's all the same conversation, the same energy, just different language. And so then all the class got in the ice and there was a couple, again, emotional moments. And then me and the girl that had the breakdown. In the meditation, I kind of pulled her aside and said, hey, when you get into the ice, this is what I want you to think about. Mm-hmm. So then she went in there and she just freaking crushed it in the ice. And everyone gets out. Everyone's like talking and laughing. And we go back in the meditation room and this everything has shifted. Like everything has shifted. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, whoa, this is not just a quote unquote personal training studio. And I'm like, that's what I'm trying to get out into the world. Right. And like that's like, you know, uh, uh, I told them. So when, when you walk into the studio, it says Risa Wasi. And so last year, I'm a part of a Native American church called the Eagle and the Condor. And uh, we use ayahuasca as a sacred sacrament. And oh, okay. ayahuasca is a psychedelic plant medicine that has mm-hmm. been used in South America for more than 7,000 years. And I've been studying and sitting in these ceremonies uh, since 2016. And so that I went to live in the jungle of isolation last year for three months to study. And then this year I went back again to study for another month. And so when I left there, I was like, I need to name OPT. It has to have a spiritual name. It's like for me, I I live a spiritual life. I walk a spiritual path. And that doesn't mean, you know, we're having this conversation. You dress a certain way or you talk a certain way or you wear a certain amount of clothing. For me, uh, spirituality is knowing who you are. That's it. Know who you are and that's it. And and I think that gets lost. And so for me, when I say that, it's, oh, because I know what I'm doing on this earth. I know what I'm meant to do here. And I want to do that in the best way that I can. And so when I left the jungle, I was like, I have to have a different name for OPT. Yeah, OPT beyond fitness, but I need like a spiritual name. Right. <clears throat> so I told my teachers to help me come up with the name because now they know me. They know my all the things that I need to work on. And uh, in my meditation classes, when I work with people and even that come in to OPT, I always say uh, prayers are like promises. They only work if you do. Because <laughs> a lot of times people pray and then they just kick back like, Oh, it's something's going to happen. Right. And that's how it works with promises. And so I tell people, like, when people come into this place, they're praying for something. They might not actually use it through language, but it's like you're praying for better health. You're praying for less stress or less anxiety. You're praying to get stronger. You're praying to be faster. You're, you're praying to be the best athlete you can be. You're praying for something. And, and so my teachers came up with this name, uh, Risa Wasi. And it's a Quechua word, and it means house of prayers. Hmm. So it's like that's what we are. We're a house of prayers for people to come in and pray, however you pray. It might be on the treadmill. It might be through nutrition. It might be through meditation. But, like, you come in here to pray, and that's what you actually participating in the prayer work. You can't just pray and kick back. Right. It's like you got to pray, and then you, you 
put forth those actions. And that's how these prayers manifest. And it might not manifest in the way that you think. And that we talked about that with the night class, you know, because as soon as the night class came in, we're in there for 15 minutes and I got three ladies crying in the breath work. <laughs> now, no one knows is because everyone's eyes are closed and they're breathing. But for me, it's like I'm watching it happen. And I'm like, here right. we go again. And then I switched the conversation to the night group. And I said, you prayed for this. You know, like you prayed for this because there was three women in that group. They were really emotional. They were going through something or, or like maybe their path has just been a little bit more. Uh, maybe people d doubted them or repressed them or they've been through different things. And so as I'm having this conversation, like you guys prayed for this. They're just like tears are just flowing through their eyes. We, we don't, but it might not look like that. It's like right. you're here having this conversation in, in uh, Travis's school for this reason. You have to really believe that. And when you really believe that, things shift and click and turn. And so then the night group came in, had another phenomenal session. Same thing, same conversation, the sauna, ice, emotions just coming out of the ice. People just like, I told that one lady, I said, this is the first time in her life that you have felt liberated. That's what it was. And it was just like, oh, this is happening in this field trip class mm -hmm. but for us that's the atmosphere i want to facilitate so people can have that whether you're a professional athlete which we work with a lot of professional athletes if you're just a, a person coming in to lose weight a person that just wants to be healthy uh, or your students or we work again with sober living communities however that is i want to create a space for you to like be the best part of you and that might look like crying. It might look like screaming. It might look like having a breakdown. That's for you right now. That's the best. That's the best you, meaning it's the most vulnerable you. It's the most intimate part of you. And from there, we can grow. From there, transformation can happen. And so having your students come in and having you witness it, I was like, yes, because it can sound so far out there. Like, man, right. with this guy, he's freaking crazy. <laughs> like, but then it's like back to back. You're yeah. like, oh, it wasn't a one time thing. It's actually like this happens. Yeah, a I lot. saw it twice. <laughs> See, here we go again. And they, they had no idea. The night class, I'm like, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't cry because I would be dry of tears from crying on drive over there thinking about getting in the ice bath. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a beautiful experience. And, and, and I was like, yeah, man, when you guys left, I told Serene, one of my trainers, that's why I want to get out more. That's why I want to connect with people. That's why I want to speak more because it's time for us to like really kind of step out of the shadows because the mm -hmm. place that you guys came into, that's the nicest studio I've ever been in. I'm, we're always in some back alley in some like mm -hmm. uh, 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 like a warehouse type of facility, you know, because that's just kind of weird. like I've had to just make it work. You know, I've right. had to make my business work and get by. But now everything with like the organization and like just our marketing strategy and like everything we've now put together in such a more organized and concise way. So then when we have opportunities like this, we don't miss. Like we yeah. do not miss. Every, we've, we have it all worked out to where it's uh, only goodness that can come of these opportunities, you know? So yeah. thank you for having uh, your class come in. And now you, yeah, you created that just by being open yeah. to experiences. Yeah. Well, I, I've been I've been uh, subjected to like breath work before. Uh, Jennifer can attest to this. Our, our very first term here in Arizona, Jennifer was, was a student. And we had one of my, my good buddies from Oregon come down. He's a he's a swing coach. He's he's a golf professional, mobilitist. Mm -hmm. He works on mobility. But one of his other things is breath work. He's a big believer in breath work. And he said he wanted to come down and do a workshop. I'm like, absolutely. Love to have you. 
so I asked him what he was going to do, and he said, yeah, we'll, we'll go over, you know, mobility stuff. We'll go over some some square breathing. I'm like, oh, perfect. I had no idea he was going to introduce power breathing to everybody. Mm-hmm. We had 10 people in class, and the same thing happened, but but Blaine went for like 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, and at the end of that, I'm like, what's going on, first of all? <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know about power breathing at the moment. Uh-huh. I knew about square breathing. I practiced that because of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did power breathing for like 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can imagine after like six minutes... We had some breakthroughs, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty minutes. Jennifer remembers she, powerful. she. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, her. Uh, we had a, a guy uh, from Idaho, big giant Jack guy. Mm-hmm. He just looked like he was closing off the world. He opened up. That cracked him because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he also had some 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 trauma in his life as well. And I, I'm pretty sure that after that moment, he was just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, he, maybe he came to. Maybe he he he. Uh, some of the things that that he was repressing came up, and he had to deal with them. Because I think that's what happens yeah. with breath work. I when I was sitting there both times, I just had thoughts come up. I'm like, "Where are you coming from? Mm. Where have you been? <laughs> Why am I thinking about <laughs> this?" It's like ready to release. It's like uh, yeah. it's like your body's like finally get this toxin out of you. Yeah, yeah, and these are like thoughts I'd never ha- I haven't had in forever. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a part of my daily thought mm-hmm. process. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, "Hey, mm-hmm. where have you been?" That happened both times, yeah. and it was a both. It was both times the same thing. Yeah. But I think it's incredibly powerful. But to your, I think for people to be vulnerable, they need to be in a in a in a in a place that allows that. Mm. And I think that's what you provide. I mean, you're. <laughs> I think it, it's just so easy in mm. in your facility with with you with Serene, um, Ryan. Mm-hmm. You just feel like you're like at home. It's mm. a weird feeling. Mm. It's just like a, it's a great vibe, and I think without that, if you were like Jack bodybuilders, nobody's gonna be be vulnerable. Correct. correct. But your personalities are perfect for what you're doing, and I think that just that just facilitates people to go, all right, let's 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 see what happens. Let's go with this. Yeah, we're, and that's the the thank you for saying that because that's kind of what we're trying to cultivate. Even like the professional athletes that work with us, it they're so like, oh whoa, whoa, like I didn't know that this is what was going to happen and this is how it's going to change your life. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, one of my most current uh, athletes, he's a professional baseball player. Uh, and we had this whole session where I totally just geeked out on physiology, exercise as far as how to break down, periodization. He was like, I didn't even know you knew all this stuff. I said, dude, I've been <laughs> doing this for 20 years, man. I just, <laughs> But like, uh, for me, it's not necessarily the forefront of what it is we're doing now. But because you've had these questions, I can now answer them for you in a way that I can make sure that whatever you do moving forward, you're safe. There's going to be progress. You know how to monitor it. You don't get burnt out. And you now have your own filter to because there's so many exercises now, just thousands of exercises. But now you have a filter to which one am I going to do? Which one am I not? How often do I do it? How intense? Because he came in and it was more like, uh, mindset, breath work, ice bath, and it's just completely again like it's morphed into this whole in- this whole inclusive package. But it's these are the things that changed my life. Like I got into health and fitness to change my life, and then I got into meditation and breath work because my life was sideways. You know, mm-hmm. I was drinking and using drugs at twelve. Oh wow! And so, uh, like my whole life was sideways. And so then I'm like, man, my life is really messed up. I gotta I gotta figure this out for my business, or my business is gonna suffer. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I even got into that stuff. And so you, you brought up a really good point is like, hey, when I did breath work and these thoughts came up out of nowhere, it's because you have to sit with yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And most of the time we don't. We think we're sitting with ourselves, but we're watching TV or we're having a conversation or we're on the phone or distracted. Distracted. Yeah. And, for we, sure. and like even for me, you go to different meditation classes to each their own. But the whole time there's singing and dancing and music and it's again just nothing but distractions. So you don't have to sit with it. And for us, I just felt the group. I was like, we're not doing nothing. I'm only doing breath. I'm not going to play the bowls. I'm not going to play my shruti box. I'm literally, you guys are just going to breathe because then you get uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you get like, oh, oh. <laughs> and for me, when I teach meditation, I say meditation is the deepest form of just contemplation. I want you to think it's not about removing thoughts and don't right. think about anything. Feel now. Be in the present. It's like, no. You need to think through all this stuff because it's just clutter that's blocking up so you can never just relax. So however long this takes, you're going to clear through all these thoughts. But then you burn through all of these thoughts and now you're like, oh, there's the there, piece. There's the piece <laughs> or there's the one missing clue that I need to apply to my life. Because I want people to leave meditation not feeling good. I want people leaving meditation be like, here's the next step I need to take. Right. Or here's the next thing I need to accept. Or it's okay to feel this emotion. That's how I want you to leave meditation and breath work with me, not just, oh, love and light. And mm-hmm. just and then all of a sudden you get hit traffic and there's you know a pile of cars and you're like, get out of the effing way. Ah! It's, just all, it's like, what the heck? I thought you were right. supposed to go, I thought you were doing meditation. You, know, you should be I, all zen. I want you to contemplate about your life. Yeah. You know, and so then, like to your point, it's like perfect. That's exactly what I want to happen. And then whatever you do with that is up to you. Or you have us be your coaches. You know, we help you work through all of that stuff. You know, and so it's just so awesome that so much happened in those two classes. That I think there's other. Some of your students are now going to come in and they're going to do another breathworks on an ice bath yeah. because they were like, oh my god, like what was that? You know, it's really, it's really fun, man. It's really fun, and that's for me. Uh, why I love doing what I do still and it's kept me without burning out again because I can do the weights and all that stuff but you've done it you know thousands and thousands of times there has to be something now that I can take with me to the workout floor you know if like uh, hypothetically that girl came in and did a workout mentally I know where she's at so it makes the workouts a lot more impactful because now I can mentally Mm -hmm. cue her to frame her exercises in this way that she can visualize her working through something or overcoming something or or battling where this thought shows up in her life elsewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you change someone's life. Right. Well, and that's where you talked about um, like embodiment. Right. So that connection to spirits were not just the physical bodies. And so I love how you bring it all together because it, it does. It's like we hold those patterns in our bodies. We mm-hmm. hold and that holds us back in so mm-hmm. many other areas mm-hmm. of our life that we can't even necessarily consciously see or logically make sense of and so i love that you're kind of bringing that all together and you've got the you know the science of the physiology what what's but you're blending it with the spirit because you you do once you sort of allow yourself to open up to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. i mean it's amazing like like Mm -hmm. you were talking about just the synchronicities of when you you know connected with travis now you're on the podcast and how things are starting to unfold it's like Things show up in ways that you don't expect once you kind of plant that that energetic seed and you start taking those steps, whatever those look like. Mm-hmm. So. You made me think of something because like, that's what we do, right? The mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, as being in this field for so long, like, I have a lot of resentment towards the health and fitness industry because 
we talked a little bit about this with your class. It's turned into this whole thing that it's not. It's like you just have to look a certain way and dress a certain way, and you're considered right. a fitness professional. You throw up a few healthy meals, and now you're a nutrition coach. And it takes all of like what it is that the educated or experienced, like, hey, we've been, what is going on? People don't really care mm -hmm. about that kind of stuff. And that's the same thing. You hear these different, you know, uh, fitness studios, mind, body, spirit, mind, body, spirit. And I'm like, man, you don't do nothing with the spirit. You're just saying that. You're right. just saying that mm -hmm. because you think it sounds good. But you don't know a thing about actually helping someone not only break yourself open, but then what do you do with it? Right. What, what do you do with it when someone breaks open? Mm -hmm. And so that was so great about the girl in your first class is like, here we go. And then this is how you move through something like this. Mm -hmm. Don't shut it down or everyone has to rescue her, like let her have her room to breathe. Mm -hmm. And so then that's been hard for me too, because then I see these other training studios that will be like mind, body, spirit. I'm like, man, you're saying that, but it's not, that's not what you're doing. That's because they offer meditation. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's been definitely hard for me to navigate. You know, that's my own like shadow self coming through. I'm like, Oh my God, this freaking place, like this is unbelievable. Yeah. But, uh, but maybe but, places like that, like plant a seed for somebody to like begin to make the shifts that lead them to you. Yeah, Instagram ads. I got to up my Instagram <laughs> ads. <again. laughs> so, so what does um, what what are your like prices or packages set up? Do you do you charge just like training someone? Is that what you do, or is it a monthly subscription? Yeah, or? so we do monthly. So we do okay. monthly like uh, group classes. Okay. Uh, so we have group classes. People come in and just just work out. So like one of the things as I started to blend right i started to blend the things that i'm into with training it at first was very it, it could clash because i didn't have separate spaces for meditation and so everything was kind of in the same room and i bring all this up because it's changed the way that we structure our pricing because if you come in you don't have to do meditation you don't have to do breath work i don't it's like if you don't want to do that's totally fine we'll just work out you know, right. and I'll change your life through that no matter what. So, I mean, this is just an option because I don't ever mm -hmm. want to feel forced. Now, right. when you sign up, I tell everyone the benefits of the meditation, the breath work, the sauna, the ice. And, of course, they end up doing it because it's like, well, like, why not? Mm -hmm. And especially with the sauna and the ice. So we have memberships. If you have a membership with us, it includes sauna, ice, and the working out. We do the uh, meditation and breath work classes completely separate. And we just do drop-in for that. So we do group training, we do one-on-one -on -one training, and then I do personal, like, private coaching, like uh, personal growth coaching. I just finished uh, my first book. It's like a 30-page little booklet. It's called The OPT Medicine Wheel, A Holistic Guide to Personal Transformation. And it's just for, like, beginners. And it's free because I want people to – you can have these tools. You can learn about these tools. You can learn about these things. And if you apply it, you'll change your life. This is what changed my life. This is not only what helped me get sober. It's what's helped me stay sober. Yes, there was a lot of counseling and therapy and retreats and countless ceremonies like uh, sweat lodges and vision quests and prayer ceremonies and then my times in the jungle. Like, oh, yeah, all of that. But here are the, the fundamental principles to change your life. And so then people can come. We call it the Genesis program. And then so we have that. So we have group training. We have the meditation, breath work, and we have the Genesis program. And then uh, it's monthly, you know, month to month. We don't. I don't do like... You got to be with me for a year or anything like that. But I was telling the class, I have people that have been training me for like a decade. Like they, this lady's lost 50 pounds. Like she still wants to just be a part of the community. You That's know? awesome. I have athletes that I've been trained since they were like eight years old, you know. And, and so uh, uh, for me, 
like I don't we try to make it as simple as possible and not uh, uh, like offer like a, too many different things right you know yeah so what is the like the sanitation policies or for an ice bath because I have no idea and I know that like at the at the gym you can go get in the hot tub with a bunch of other people is that the is it do you have to change that out all the time? So we change it... the water probably every seven days. Okay. Seven to ten days, depending on how many people come in. We filter it twice a week. Uh, and then, so what happens is we have people, and they rinse off. Like you got to rinse off all of your Before you sweat, get in and... deodorant, lotion, all of that stuff. Right. And then we change the water, like I said, about every seven days. But we filter it twice a week. Uh, but sometimes we change the water sooner than later just because like, it might be every three or four days. If we have a huge influx a of people, there's of people. like 40 right. people. But just so you know, in the three and a half years that we've done it, we've never had anyone get an infection. We've right, had no yeah, one yeah. get sick. Because that's a good question. It's and a that's valid what, question. And that's what I was wondering is I was like, you know, the hot tub kind of burns off some of that stuff. But, you know, the ice bath, I didn't know what that Yeah, yeah. What that procedure was. If anyone was. has like an open cut or anything, we don't let them get yeah. in. You know, we don't, let them, we don't let them get in. So I just cut myself yeah. before yeah. I come and I don't have to get in. <laughs> <laughs> Travis is shaking his head. You're like, not getting nope. out of this. You're yeah, not getting yeah, out of it. Like, yeah, yeah. I just have to hold my arm up. Yeah. If it's, yeah. <laughs> and then the same thing. It's a cut on my arm. Halloween blood. Yeah. And then the same thing with the sauna. You know, they make the saunas out of cedar because it's mold resistant. Right. We go in there, we scrub it. We have a whole, there's like a whole cleaning protocol that comes with the sauna. And so we've never had an issue. We've had no one get sick or infections or anything. Because it's a right. valid question. We get a lot. And so, yeah. I yeah. think it's hot. Mm-hmm. 210. Our sauna gets up to 210. I think we were sitting at 190 Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. About that. Mm-hmm. It's hard to breathe, man. Yeah. And that, and then one of my clients got in. She was like, it's not even hot in here. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wednesday night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm this, like, what do you mean? <laughs> one of our clients got in, and she sat down, and she was like, maybe five minutes in, I come in and check on the crew, and she's like, Joey, there's something wrong. It's not even hot in here. And it was like 190, but she's used Holy. to like 210, 200. Yeah. Two yeah. So. Myself and the students are looking at each other like, what do you mean it's not <laughs> yeah, hot? Yeah, they're like, this girl's crazy. Yeah. But we went, my wife and I went to one of those salt bath like things that you lay in that it's like, Full of salt. Oh, and yeah, it, the float tanks. Oh, the float yeah, tanks. the float tanks. Both of us had a cold after that. Like a couple of days later, we both got sick. Oh, that's mm. interesting. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder, because I think they're supposed to change that out like almost every time. I don't think I, it was that. I, I don't know what else it would have been because yeah. it was, you know, but I've heard other people say the same thing. So hmm. that's, you know. I've done them a few times. I've never gotten sick. I don't right, know. Yeah. But, you know, I can't. Those things, I can't are, speak those things are weird. You're just floating there and. Yeah. Can't feel anything at all. Have you ever done a float tank? No, I you want should to. do a field trip with. I want to try uh, it. See if one of the places would let you guys do a field trip because that would be. Aw- I think the float tanks are awesome. Yeah, but they're like sixty-five, seventy-five dollars a pop, like to do right. it. So I'm like, right. nah, no, I'm not gonna. I can't. I can't afford. I'll just get in the ice bath and sauna. I'm good. Hmm. But they're awesome. I've done it like four or five times. Is it the same thing as like a sensory deprivation it's, tank? That's what it that's is. What exactly it is. what it is. Yeah, so yeah, salt yeah. water. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you literally can't feel anything at all. It's like you're floating. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Joey, I have a question. So you were talking about um, when we started off, you were talking about how as an entrepreneur, one of the things that's been challenging for you is like the marketing. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just not part of who you are. It's like not what you want to do, but you want to make the impact. How do you how did you make the shift or like what what did you put in place to like help you with with that? You want the honest answer? Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) So um, in 2016. Uh, is when I did my first ayahuasca ceremony. Mm-hmm. That's how I. That's how I got sober. I haven't touched alcohol or drugs since. 
And it made such a profound impact on my life. And as you work through these ceremonies, it's all about your life, your life, where you can course correct, how you can course correct. And so prior to my ceremonies, I'd gone through seven years of therapy, counseling, retreats, personal growth books, self-help books. So I was really trying to figure out why am I the way that I am. And then I figured out, oh, yeah, when you grow up being abused half mm -hmm. your life, this is this is the what happens, you know. So it started there. But then as I started to take my business more ser more seriously, I would have a ceremony and it would be more like, hey, man, you need to stop doing this. Right. Like stop doing this stop portraying it like this mm -hmm. and i share that because this last year when i went out to the yucatan at this center healing center called kumankaya uh in my ceremonies it was a lot around my business and it was like hey you need to start doing this you need to stop doing this mm -hmm. you need to do more of this and i'm like and i'm just like having the hardest night of my life because i realized man like my ego's in the way or my stubbornness is in the way, or my inability to adapt is in the way. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm literally my worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I just like being me. I just like, oh, I feel like talking about this today. Or I feel like marketing this today. Like I don't, right. because I don't value social media like that. I value social media because I connect with poets. I connect with artists. I connect with like co comedy, you yeah. know, like I don't, that's the way that I see social media. It's just like, it's just fun, really. It's not really, you know, I don't, because if you meet me in person, that's how I am, like, in social media. But yeah. maybe right. if you're someone, like, uh, looking at me, you've never met me, you might be like, oh, who's this guy wearing a bandana? And he's talking about these things and breath work and, ah, he's too scary for me. Mm -hmm. And so then I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I, how do I not tone it down, but how do I package it in a way that people understand who I am? understand what it is that we do understand uh the benefits of working with us and so that's really helped me clean up my marketing my mm -hmm. time in the jungle sitting in three months in isolation thinking about my life thinking about our skill sets thinking about hey if i don't start taking this more serious and in, in, in a sense of like organizing consistency execution you're going to lose your business mm -hmm. and your business is too important to lose because of the impact you have on people so work on it mm -hmm. and so it's totally changed like from our website to our instagram to my own podcast to uh that's what helped me get out this free guidebook yeah. you know it was like i got to get this out because i want i want people to have these tools because when you walk around in life and you meet people who love what they're doing it we talked a little bit about this in the class when you meet people who love what they're doing you love being around them mm -hmm. right but you so many times you meet people who are like how you doing today, Travis? Oh, another day in paradise. Or, <laughs> you know, oh, right. just they, they're dead. Yep. You know, they're dead inside. And that, so for me, I'm like, man, I want more people to live the life that they are passionate about. It could be starting a podcast or 12,000 businesses like yourself or <laughs> nutrition coaching or opening a personal training school, whatever it is, farming or you know, that's another thing. Instagram, you find people ASMR. They're making hundreds of thousand dollars a year on YouTube because they're making ASMR videos. Yep. But I bet you if around them because they love what they're doing, they're awesome people. Mm -hmm. And so for me, being in the jungle that last year for three months, it was like, oh, whoa, I got to like really kind of fine tune it even more, fine tune mm -hmm. it even more. And I'm not that kind of a person. Yeah. I'm not again crossing the t's and dotting the i's is like nails on a chalkboard for me it's <laughs> so hard for me to do which was so interesting about this book that i wrote 
I was like, this is easy because I have, I already have hundreds and hundreds of pages. I've been writing since I was in second grade. I have journals from second grade. Like I love writing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Joey, just sit down and organize it all. <laughs> just, and that taught me, the jungle taught me how to do that. It's just like, and then that's where my negative self talks and I can't do this. This is too hard. Like this is going to take me forever. Like there's no way, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's where it kicks in for me. And then three weeks later, I'm like, oh, I did it. it. This is crazy. (laughs) And so that's helped me a lot because a lot of these psychedelic ceremonies, and I talk about this because it's a big part of my life. I don't want uh, uh, people to think that I got to this place just by myself. I got here because of, again, the counseling, the therapy, the Mm -hmm. books, my teachers, my guides, my coaches, my Native American traditions, and then through these sacred plant ceremonies. This is how it all has changed my life in a way that I'm like, oh, wow, it's really put it all together for me. I don't want people to think, oh, I was just born like this. That's why I talk about my abuse. That's why I talk about my addictions. It's like, right. how did he get to be like this? It's like, you don't want to know. It's like, <laughs> it is so hard. And I've had to give up so much and had to clean up so much and had to ask for forgiveness so many times and forgive so many people. It's like, it's so hard. But that's how I got to where I'm at. And so I want to give credit to my teachers and my ceremonies and my counselors and teachers and, and to the plants, you know? Uh, and so with these things, it's like, that's how I've cleaned it up to make it even more sharp or, or, or so people understand what it is that we do, how we do it and the benefits of doing it this way. So that way we attract more people mm-hmm. and, uh, we don't miss out on, on opportunities because for example, how many people have wanted to ask me that question? You asked me about the water, but they just make assumptions. So like, I'm not getting that water. It's probably dirty. There's probably parasites in there. And that's a real, it's a real fear. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I explain to people? This is our process to keep the water clean and that we've never had someone get sick. Or and, I, whatever, and I wasn't right? asking cause I was worried about it or anything like that. I was just wondering, like it just kind of popped into my head. So, but, uh, but to your, but I'm just saying so many people might think like that right. and yeah. I don't want to do that or get in the sauna with all, Oh, don't touch me. We're all sweaty. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. They freak out about that kind of stuff. So then how do I make sure that the way that we're talking about it or marketing it answers those questions for people? Just do a video, do a video of and post Instagram of cleaning it and changing out the water and that, put on the I, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do yeah. it. I'm going to do it. So, so I have a buddy that um, does ayahuasca like once or twice a year, Jeff. Mm. Yeah. Jeff does ayahuasca once or twice a year and he, just says it's the greatest thing ever. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say all that. <laughs> he, no, no, he says that he says the process of going through it is the roughest thing in his life he's ever had to do. But the what he comes out of that from, you know, with the how it makes him feel and stuff. But no, he says the process is horrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like the vomiting and the, <laughs> you yeah. know, stuff. He's yeah. like, this is just, it's awful but he's like it it's so eye-opening yeah yeah it'll change it it it, that's what again it's how i got sober and i had been trying to get sober since i was like 21 20 when i realized i I have a a problem you know and i just couldn't shake it i could not shake it and that's how i got it is just that first ceremony it was like brutal it's like getting drugged through hell depending on the person Mm -hmm. right? right depends on the person and like where you're at in your life things that you have to straighten out right like you know, because now my yeah. ceremonies aren't like that. You know, my ceremonies are way different now. Yeah. And that's for me, I'm studying. That's why I went down there to, for three months because I'm apprenticing, you know, to. So for me, 
being a part of this church is I want to bring Native Americans to these ceremonies to heal because so many of our uh, Native American, you know, relatives, it's like alcohol, drugs, mm-hmm. abuse, trauma, mm-hmm. but there's no, uh, a lot of it is old school AA, don't drink, right. don't do drugs, you know, white knuckle mm-hmm. your sobriety. And I'm like, man, this isn't, this is old. Yeah. We yeah. as a people need to not not need to. We deserve to have the same opportunities as everybody else. And so I'm a, a part of another uh, program called the um, Native American Reciprocity Project uh, started by Dr. Joe Tafour. And it's for Native Americans to get ketamine therapy for free because a lot of these things in these spaces, and which is, again, like one of my problems with these spaces, it's we're going to do all these uh, uh, tests on soldiers have PTSD, which I want them to do, but I'm like, hey, what about all the Native Americans that have PTSD from mm-hmm. all the things that generational trauma that have happened on the reservation for hundreds right. of years? What about us? You mm-hmm. always forget about us. Right. And and that's what it, all these other people get modern medicine and modern up-to-date things. And for us, I'm not speaking for every Native American, but the people that I work with, right, I've worked with thousands of Native Americans over the past three years through our program, the Sober Monk Society. And I'm like, man, you guys are still, we're just beating our heads against the wall. But if I could get you involved in something like ketamine, which is legal, right? Uh, it's like, yeah, how do I get you guys into these things where your walls completely come down in a way that you can't get there just mm-hmm. by thinking about it? Right. I think that's what's one of the most misunderstood things is you can't get there by just thinking about it. You have to have an experience to help you heal through these things in a healthy way with doctors. And so that's why it's so great with Dr. Uh, Joe Tafur and Dr. Katie Walsh and Dr. Amalia Baca. They're the ones that do the Native American Reciprocity Project. And I've seen it, what it does for people. And so for me going down to get, do the training, to learn these things, which I still have a lot training to do, by no means am I even close to like that part, but I'm doing it so I can bring natives to ceremonies to get this type of healing that I got. Now, it might not happen because I really wanted to get sober. You have to really want sobriety. Right. Just like anyone, yeah. if we're working out, if you want to lose weight, then you got to really want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. You can tell me that and you can eat good for two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. You can yo-yo. Yeah. But for you to, you shared with me your weight loss story, you got to really want that. Right. You got to really, really mm-hmm. want that yep. in order for it to happen. And so yeah. it's the same thing with sobriety. So just because you go to the gym and show up, whatever, doesn't mean you're going to get the results you want. Just because you sit in a ceremony doesn't mean you're going to be sober or get the healing you want. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. how bad do you want it. And for me, for seven years, like I said, I was trying to just heal myself, get myself in a way that my life was functioning. And so I think that's what was a little bit of d- difference about my journey into that world, that why it was so effective for me. Right. Can you talk more about these these groups that you hold at OPT? Yeah, man. So... Because you, you had one coming in right when we were leaving, and there was a lot of people. Mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. So how this started, which is again to your point, like synchronicity. So in 2017, we were in a transition of buildings, like from one building to the next. And in that time, before I was trying to find a building, I was working out in a Phoenix, Scottsdale area, and I wasn't teaching meditation or breath work then. Again, this stuff I just did for my own self. And at this training studio I was at, you know, I do my breathwork and meditation daily. And uh, this professional golfer, he was on the PGA Tour at the time. He saw me and was like, hey, man, what are you doing? 
I was like, oh, I'm just doing like my breath work meditation. He said, I, I watch you every day and you do this. He said, do you think you could teach me how to do this? And I was like, sure. I was like, yeah. He's like, okay. And I was like, but first, let's, we need, I need to sit down to see what it is that you want to learn or like why. So then we did a couple of meditation sessions and he loved it. And I was like, here's this guy who's the top 150 golfer in the world. He likes meditation. I was like, I wonder if more people would like meditation. Because for me, it was just to fix my life. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was like, I'm going to advertise. I'm going to do a meditation class. And in my first meditation class, I had 28 people show up. I was like, wow. oh, my God, I guess this is a thing. So <laughs> right. I'm just going to start teaching. And so I bring that up because then I left out there and I came back to Mesa. And I was like, whoa. People want to learn meditation and breath work. So I've been teaching it now for two years at the time. And then COVID happened. Mm. And uh, I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, uh, for me, I stayed open. I stayed open. You know, I just kind of locked everything up and we stayed open. And when we talked about this in the class, too, like for me with health and fitness, one of my other resentments or beefs I have, it's it's for a certain demographic. You got to make this amount of money. You got to eat this way. It's not for people who are going through poverty, which another lady in your class, we talked about that. It's like people who are po or in poverty, they need help. Yeah. They can't get the organic chicken or the organic eggs. They, they can't get, they don't have access to that. Right. And especially on the reservation, this is what we are forced to eat. We are forced to eat canned foods or flour or sugar. Like we didn't, we, everything was taken. Mm -hmm. And so then you look at the native population and why they're so unhealthy. It's, well, that's what happens when you get all of your land taken from you and there's a genocide that happens and you get moved from one little place to the other. And it's like, well, here, you're going to rely on the government for all of your food. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of diabetics too, right? So, so this goes into the, the, the groups. So when COVID happened, one of these, this program started bringing Native Americans off out of Navajo Nation. Mm -hmm. So in the entire U.S., Navajo Nation got hit the worst with COVID. More people died in Navajo right. Nation yeah. than yeah, the U.S. Yeah. And the reason that is is because they're diabetes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way that the media spun that, I have a whole, I get, like, I get really worked up about it because they try to use that as like spread it across the U.S. Oh, all these people around the U.S. are dying. No, it's Native Americans that are dying. And right. it's coming from this part. That's who's dying. And why? It's because there's a big part of our population that is unhealthy. But why are we unhealthy? Right? It's the generational trauma. It's the abuse. It's the alcoholism. It's the drug addiction. It's that there's no help. Right. There's no help when you go out to some of these places. You go out to some of the places on the reservation, on Navajo Nation, they don't even, they, they're using wood to heat their houses. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what? We're in 2023 and there's people still heating their houses with wood? That's crazy to me, man. Is that... Is that part of just the Native Americans not wanting those services and stuff to come in there? Or is it more of the government just like, yep, screw you, we're not going to do that? So a little side tangent. It's more of, here, when the reservations were created, it's like, here, do your thing. Here's this money. Figure right. it all out. It's just figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Mm. And then you're, you know, parts of the reservation, like where I went to Gallup last week, where you're four hours away from anything. Oh, yeah. Gallup's. You're not, you're not yeah. you're, or, or excuse me, Tuba City. But you're not anywhere. You right. know, when I went to Wounded Knee a few years ago, like when you're at Wounded Knee, you're three and a half, four hours from anything. So guess what? Teachers don't want to go out there. Coaches don't want to go out there. Counselors right. don't want to go out there. It's it's not like 
you know, uh, you can drive 15 minutes and you're in the city. Right. And so then it's not necessarily even a choice. It's that they don't have, again, I'm not speaking for every reservation. I'm speaking for every tribe. I'm just saying for what I've been a part of, what I've experienced and the communities that I work with now, that is their experience. And the resources aren't there. uh, And the lack of accessibility isn't even there. Is that is that part of part of that coming from uh, TV and movies, where it's like, um, you know, white white ladies a teacher she doesn't she's not allowed to go to the reservation and teach you know what I mean how that's portrayed sometimes uh, in the in well, TV and movies that's really interesting that you say I think part of it it can be attributed to that but it's like no one knows about the reservations like right. everyone thinks again never mind not everybody many people think oh. I grew up th- with this. Oh, you're going to get money. You get money. I get no money. I never right. have gotten a check ever from my tribe, ever. Uh, uh, not every tribe has casinos. Not every tribe right. has mm-hmm. these things. Sure. And so when you, uh, like, for example, if you live here in Scottsdale, you know, Salt River, Pima communities, big, they're right in the dead center of, that's Casino, Arizona. So their tribe is completely different than other tribes. But they still struggle with the same uh, issues in terms of addiction and things like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And that goes into like a really deep part of generational trauma. When you're stripped of your traditions, when you're stripped of your culture, when you're stripped of your Mm -hmm. language, right. And then you don't have access to heal, right. You you don't have these things. And so it's not necessarily that people aren't allowed in, but it's more of people don't know. Right. For example, let's say Travis is the best personal training coach out there in the world. And I'm like, hey, man, I want you to come out and bring your family to, let's just say, Tuba City. But then you go out there and you're like, well, there's nothing like around here. Like, right. I might be the best coach, but there's like nothing around here. There's no, it's not a city. It's, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So oh, no, like, yeah, well, for I sure. Really wanna, I don't know if I want to live here, but I also don't want to drive three and a half hours one way each day for work. Mm-hmm. And so then yep. you're just kind of pulling from a small pool of people. And so... I bring all this up because how I got started was this organization started because of COVID. So they were they were bringing people from Navajo Nation to live at this hotel for free to get them away from COVID. Mm. And they were looking for Native American teachers exclusively because to your point, some natives, they do have that. Right. They have that the the resentment towards quote unquote white people or anger it's like i don't I, you're white what do you know about me what do you know about right. my culture what do you know about what i'm going through you don't so i don't want to listen to you right and i can relate because when i was growing up if you were talking to me about addiction or abuse whatever it's like have you been abused no what do you have the conversation's over right. mm-hmm. are you struggling with an addiction then the conversation's over because you don't know what it's like to be me mm-hmm. right you know and so uh there is some of that and so this organization was trying to be very culturally sensitive and they were looking for a Native American breathwork teacher. Yeah. And so my friend, shout out to Medina, she was, uh, a, she was a nurse, nutrition coach for the guy who started this company. And Medina had come to my classes, you know, me and Medina, like we're super tight. She's seen the magic mm-hmm. in real life. She was like, you gotta call my friend Joey. He does breathwork and meditation. And so I'm just sitting at the studio one day, again, like not even thinking about any of this. I get a call. Hey, can you come down for an interview? We're looking for a Native American breathwork teacher. We heard about you. I had never, no idea that they were, this was going to be a thing. 
So then I get there, I do the interview, and I go into my first class there, and there's probably 60 to 70 people in this one room. Everyone's masked up, right? Everyone's like doing this social distance. Mm -hmm. And my heart just like, mm. like, like, just like broke. So I'm like, oh man, this is like, there's so much fear happening right now, right? Yeah. Especially coming from Navajo Nation. So I want to be really careful about how I approach this and the things I share because I want to be sensitive to their experience. So then, you know, one class goes by, two class goes by, three class goes by, four class goes by, and then I'm the most popular class in the whole entire. There's like 250 people there. Wow. You know, so then I'm teaching two classes a week. Then I'm like, okay, I, I can make a bigger impact though. I'm leaving so much on the table by just doing breathwork with you guys. Like, you guys should be working out. You guys should be doing sauna. You mm -hmm. guys should be doing ice. Like, you guys need this. Like, you need this. Right. So then different counselors would leave. Different uh, uh, students would leave. But then whenever they go to a different program, hey, you got to hit this guy Joey up. Hey, you got to call this guy Joey. He does these breath <laughs> classes, and he's native, and he does his altar, and he smudges. You got and so then I kept getting these calls from all these different places of like, hey, man, are, we hear good things about you. This counselor worked with you. This doctor worked with you, you know. And because for me, I'm like, yeah, come in and see what I do. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not relying on my credentials. I'm not relying right. that I'm famous or, man, this guy's got 250 Instagram followers. <laughs> he must be good at what he does. <laughs> I'm like, hey, come in and experience it, and you be the judge, and then you tell me. So then it just kept growing and growing and growing, and all these are all sober living communities, right? And now that I've, I see my life unfolding, is like, this mm -hmm. is why I went through the abuse. This is why I went through the trauma. This is why I went through the family dysfunction, my alcoholism, right. my drug addictions. Because now here I am, eight years sober, going through all this stuff. When you talk to me about this, it's mm -hmm. like, man, this guy, he's one of us. Mm -hmm. He did it. And now I'm saying I want to do these ceremonies because it's like I also use this, though. And I want to bring, when you're ready, Native Americans that have these types of healing experiences to be like, you know what? Native Americans aren't alcoholics. We're not overweight. We're not diabetic. And I, 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 told, I talk a lot about to my classes. A hundred years ago, you couldn't find a diabetic Native American. You can't find an overweight Native American until the reservation started. Right. Mm -hmm. That's when the disease hit our people. Yeah. And it's like, man, that's sickness. Yeah. And I'm sure COVID was hard because it's like, hey, Native Americans, trust us. We're the government. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, nope, not going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. And so then we yeah. call it the OPT Sober Monk Society. And the reason that it is, is I read this article. This was like last year. This These monks in Thailand got busted for doing meth and selling meth like oh geez right and i was like and i i was like laughing because so many we think that if you're a quote-unquote a spiritual person that we elevate you to this level of you're holy you're not gonna do anything you're wrong you're not gonna do anything yeah. wrong yeah and for me working with native americans it's like we can easily oh joey has all the answers or this person has all the answers or this person's gonna fix us and I'm like, that's what a lot of people think of when they think of a monk. You're perfect. You're holy. You don't do anything wrong. They're human, though. They, they are human. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't understand that within yourself, like mm. I'm just as susceptible to anything as you are, then you fall. And so I like started to share this article everywhere because for me, I'm like, man, everyone thinks these monks are these holy people, but 
this is just one of many things that done. Same thing with yoga teachers, like that get all kind. They start like sex cults or whatever, right? right? Yeah. And I'm always trying to bring Native American spirituality to the forefront of the conversation. Like it's like I want people to know that these Native American spiritual teachings have been around for thousands of years, but we never got a chance to share it with the people because it was we were murdered for it. We were genocided for it. Mm -hmm. So we never actually got a chance to share what it is that we actually know and what it is that we practice. And so then I'm like, but monks get, you know, like everyone puts these monks up on the table. And so it's kind of like this OPT sober monk society is like, yeah, man, you're a monk. You're a monk. You're a monk. We're all monks. Well, you just haven't realized it yet. And so that's why I called these this group the OPT Sober Monk Society because it's like, man, I don't care how many times you've fallen from grace. I believe in you. I care about you. And it's like one day when you believe in yourself the way that I believe in you, it changes. And guess what? You realize that you're the monk all along, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why we call it the OPT Sober Monk Society. That's it's awesome. To remind them, like, it doesn't matter if you fall, like, because monks fall. You know, right. so that's kind of that. And that's now we work with, I want to say, five, four different organizations now that are sober living communities. And they're not all just Native American. Some of them are Native American, but some of them are just everyone. Like everyone yeah. comes in and out. And then, you know, when I talk to the people that are in these programs, one of the things is when you're going through addiction or you're going through substance abuse issues, you feel like you're less than people in the world. Oh, I, I'm, I'm on this lesser tier. And when I tell them, I said, man, there's not a person in here that comes into my studio that isn't addicted to something. Mm -hmm. The world just hides it better. Mm -hmm. Oh, you you have to have a glass of wine every single night. Oh, you got to watch seven hours of this or social media this. Or, hey, if I asked you, because when I go on these diets, right, no coffee, no caffeine, no sugar, no salt, no fat. All I can eat is rice and fish, bananas and apples. And I was like, you want to figure out your addictions? Oh, my God, they come (laughs) flying up. Like, I didn't know I missed that. Correct. And I'm like, you can't, I don't know a single person that's not addicted to something. Mm-hmm. And it can be an emotional addiction. Right. It could be a thought addiction. It could be the, your perspective on life and addiction. Mm-hmm. I said, so I don't ever want you guys to think that you're broken or that you're dysfunctional. You just are wearing it for the world to see. And these people that claim they don't have addictions are just better at hiding it than you are. And yeah. that's all the difference is between you and them. And I want you guys to know that I value you just as much as any of these other people. And so then a lot of times when they come in, they're interacting with my clients. They're getting in the sauna with my clients. They're getting in the ice with my clients because it's like you guys, we're all the same. We're all human at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. And there is no, oh, I'm here and you're here because you live in a sober living home and I live in a a house or an apartment, but I still hate my life and I'm drowning myself in food and alcohol and sugar and Mm -hmm. whatever you name it. It's like it's all the same. Yeah. yeah, so that's the OPT Sober Monk Society. Love that. That's awesome. So where is your facility located? Uh, we are in Mesa on Country Club and Baseline. Okay. Oh, so yeah. you're not far from the school at all. No, no. It's, it's like, like eight minutes, right? Eight minutes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so we'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> We're definitely going back. <laughs> yeah. I think okay. I need to go for a breath work and a Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Both of you guys need to come. Yeah. Josh. I'll go. I'll yeah. go if you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. If you <laughs> jump in, Josh will jump. I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go. But real quick, you and I got started at the same place. Twenty four hour fitness. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. one did you start at? Well, I was in Beaverton, Oregon. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. But you had a you have you had a pretty funny story about your first day. Oh yeah. Okay. So I shared this with the class, yeah. and again, just goes to show like synchronicities and mm-hmm. lining up. So I'm 19 years old, right? I just got done 24 hour fitness. What was this Apex? 
they have this Apex. I don't know if you were there when they were doing the Apex Protocol. I think so. I think so. So yes. uh, uh, I think Apex was just like a sister company to NASM. Anyways, so I just got my Apex certification, and now I'm ready to be a trainer. And so I'm 19. I go out on the floor. I have my first client. She's probably, now looking back, she's probably mid-30s. It's 5 o'clock, prime time hours. Like, everyone's in the gym, 24-hour fitness, right, rocking. And we're probably maybe 15 minutes into our workout, and she starts crying, like hysterically bawling. And I have my clipboard, my stopwatch, and everyone in the gym is looking at me, and I'm like, oh my god i'm like what is happening i'm like are you hurt are you okay did i'm freaking out and she's like my husband my husband wants me to look like a cheerleader and i don't look like a cheerleader and i just hate my body and she's bawling and everyone's staring at me and i'm like oh and my god and i don't know how to handle that so i'm like well let's get back to lunges (laughs) get in your front plank And then I share that story with the class because it was kind of like a, like a, here, this is going to be your actual journey with personal mm-hmm. training. And it was the craziest thing because no one, none of my school didn't prepare me for it. They didn't never once talk to me about an ASU. None of my certifications, none of the books that I read ever said that this is going to happen. And then how do you handle it? Because yeah. I didn't have a response then. I just was like, I... You know what I mean? Like, and then I got it was just such a weird uh phenomena that happened to me. My very first client, my very first day of training, but here I am almost 20 years later, and now I'm like, it's like a preview, it's like, here it is. Oh, this <laughs> right. lady is crying, and she walked in the class late, and here we go. It's like, yeah. I'm ready yeah. for it now, yeah, which is very it was crazy to think about that. Yeah, it is. My, my first day wasn't like that, <laughs> but I did have people cry. And yeah, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you see that a few times, you're like, it's not me. There's something going on with this person. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love that you've got the tools to to help people, you know, understand themselves and, and, and peel their own onion, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we, like you said, I, the last time I sat by myself, like I did the first time last week, it'd been a long time. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that in probably years. Mm if not decades, because <laughs> I'm like, okay, here we are alone with ourselves, No distractions. It's just me. Mm-hmm. What's this damn thought mm-hmm. coming up to my mm-hmm. head right now? Mm-hmm. I push that thing down. <laughs> and now it's floating up to the top. <laughs> and it's going like, to come up again. Oh. And, yeah. and what, what I love about having you participate or even other teachers or counselors when they come in, I encourage them to participate because you can take off your hat as teacher, coach, husband, mm-hmm. guide, whatever, mm-hmm. dad. I can take that hat off and just be me yeah and it's like a very weird feeling because we don't do that it is weird it's, and, and it's just five minutes yeah and so that's why we start there it's just that slow little yeah. bit just we just that. live in a world of noise and, and it's it's hardly ever quiet mm-hmm. hardly mm-hmm. ever quiet i mean social media tv kids relationships Text work yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you name it emails it's non-stop mm-hmm. so just taking that time out it's that was Really strange for me. Yeah. And, and we, to your point, we don't let, allow people to take cell phones or books in the sauna. It's like, no, you're going to just, mm-hmm. you either communicate with your fellow people in there suffering with you. Right. Or you're just by yourself and just think and breathe and let all of that burn off because you always feel so much better when you do it. Right. So that's yeah. why, uh, yeah, we encourage that. Yeah. Jeez. That's amazing. I'm ready to go back again. Yeah. <laughs> Doors are open. Doors are open. <laughs> No, I, I do want to try the ice bath, but I know it's going to hurt. It's going to be like, oh, it's going to be really 
a lot. <laughs> it sounds powerful. Yeah, it will be. You'll be right. You'll be all right. Yeah. We haven't had anyone die yet, so. <laughs> well, that's what I was talking about. I have a really good heart because I I do a I do run a lot, mm-hmm. so I have a good heart. But I'm like, I feel like if I got in that water, I'd just have a heart attack and die. Mm. <laughs> like, oh no. Uh, we'll make sure you sign a waiver. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the first time for everything. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. Hey, uh, there's a lot that I want to I want to ask. I, not almost everything's been covered, but I want to know about the time. What was it like to be down in the jungle? What was, I mean, when you got there, did you did you know what to expect? Oh my God! So this goes back to in 2012. I went to Peru for the first time with uh, fundraising. We through OPT, we were building a school in Peru. So I've been to Peru five times now. Three of the times, or four times, three of the times was to build this school. And so I've been familiar with the jungle, right? And the school, again, was in the middle of, it's a city called Charapa. You're nowhere, no running water, no electricity. You live in like a bamboo. It's like literally wood. No, 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 mud and like bamboo stick and tin. That's what Mm -hmm. we lived in, right? And so I brought, I went down the first time with my coworker at the time. The second time I brought four of my college athletes with me. The third time I went, we did 14 OPT athletes. All went down to Peru to help build this school. That's it was great. amazing, right? Yeah. This was all before I started doing ceremony work, right? So then I went down again to Peru to do ceremony work. But I didn't we lived in the jungle, but it wasn't like I lived in the jungle this time. Like it was not even the same thing. And I was I wanna say I was prepared because Vision Quest is a Native American tradition, and depending on the tribe and tradition. The way that I was doing, that way I've done it, you go out into the desert where we do it is out in the desert. You're by yourself. The the space that you're in is probably the size of this table, and you're there for four days by yourself, no food, just water. Males can't have a a tent. You can have a sleeping bag, but you can't have anything else, and you just sit there. That's Mm. it. You just sit there, and you think about life. And it's literally the most, I would say that's what turned my life around more than other than the, the ayahuasca ceremony. That's... I had done doing I I had started doing ayahuasca uh, this uh, one year before I did my first vision quest. Hmm. The vision quest is what, like, I'm sober now, but the vision quest was like, oh, this is how you completely change your life. So, I had done a few vision quests now up until my time last year in the jungle, and I thought I was ready, right? I thought I was ready to go. I know what it's gonna be like. I've been to the jungle <laughs> before. I'm gonna be fine. I was not. I was. <laughs> I'd never been to the jungle under these circumstances. The heat, the humidity, the lack of calories, the, uh, again, no fat, no salt, no sugar, no caffeine, no stimulation, no cell phone for three months. And, and I'm, I'm like, I have this thing with like bugs. Like there's just <laughs> so many mm. bugs mm. and just spiders everywhere and scorpions. And I'm just like, oh, I think I might have a little bit of a phobia. <laughs> And how stressed, like I just in nature am a more stressful, anxious person because of the things that I've been through. So I, my somatic experience, my nervous system is geared more towards sympathetic than it is parasympathetic. And so then I don't know anybody out there. I've never done this type of experience before. And it was very, very challenging. And it took me about six weeks, seven weeks for me to actually like, learn how to like relax. I mean, I was doing my breath work every day. I was doing my meditation every day, but it's so hot. Like I said, it's like a hundred degrees. I went in the middle of the freaking summer in the Yucatan 
and it's like 90, 100% humidity. Mm. So I can't even sleep wow. at night. You know, I'm like, it's, I'm getting like two to three hours of sleep every night. I'm tossing, I'm turning, I'm sweating. There's bugs, there's scorpions, there's <laughs> spiders. I'm like, I, I don't know if I've ever been more stressed out in my entire life. And what that brought out in me, thought patterns, again, perspective, my anger, my irritability, my stubbornness. Again, these diets that you go on, these experiences are designed to pull, pull out. that out of you. Whereas there's other people living in the same circumstances and they're like, yeah, what's whatever, walking around barefoot. And mm. I'm just like, oh, my God. So it's very, very challenging. But I don't think if I was in a different circumstance, I go to the depth of myself that I went to. You know, I don't go that deep because I don't have to confront all the, again, it, it wasn't the ice. It wasn't the sauna. It was the bugs. It was the hot. It was the humidity. It was mm -hmm. the lack of the nutrients. That was what was, was bringing it out. And if it would have been like in the winter time and, not a spider inside, <laughs> not a bug inside. <laughs> like, oh, dude, this is no It's like problem. getting in lukewarm water instead Correct. of ice water. Correct. Instead of 32 degrees, it's like 50. Yeah. I'm like, this is nothing. Yeah, yeah. And so it was very challenging. Very. I thought I was, I'm glad I, I was I was prepared into the point where I didn't break. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought I was going to mentally just like snap. <laughs> but it was like, because I had done these other things leading up to it, I could see and watch myself. Oh, you're freaking out right now. Oh, you're really stressed right now. Journal it out. Breathe it out. Feel these emotions, like breathe, mm -hmm. you're okay, you're okay. And so then like, uh, it like, and mm -hmm. so then this time I went back this year for a month, there's no problem. I didn't right. struggle. I didn't, I didn't, there was no issues. It was still a hundred degrees. It was still humid, but I'm like, oh. And there were still bugs. There's scorpion. still bugs everywhere. <laughs> like, hey, scorpion, I'm your friend. Yeah. Yeah. But it was totally different because I had not only gone through that, but I have, accepted what it is that i'm doing mm -hmm. and i've changed i've changed so much since the last time i was there so it wasn't nearly as nearly as hard under the same conditions but it's intense it's definitely intense wow. right yeah <laughs> man it sounds intense but i tell people all the time like i'm an advocate for these things i'm an advocate for these experiences because of what it can do for you there's a saying like if mm -hmm. you've ever gone to like therapy or or counseling or coaching it's like you don't know what you don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what these ceremonies are about. It's like, man, you think you know something and your whole world's about to get flipped upside down. <laughs> and But then, like your friend, mm -hmm. it's like, oh my God, like I needed that. I, I needed that. It's scary. It can be very uncomfortable. It can be hard. But these are all the things that you don't even know exist inside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And you see it, you feel it, and then you understand it in a way that it makes you a better person. And for me, a lot of times it's very humbling because I had to swallow a lot of uh, humble pie. I'm like, that's how I occur to people or that's how I communicate. That's my interpretation of what happened with our family. Oh my God, I'm so wrong. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that, that hurts. That's yeah. ego check. And so I, I am an advocate for it. It's why I speak openly about it. You know, I'm really glad that you asked and let me talk about it because there is so much that people can benefit from having experiences like this in a safe way in a guided way with experienced teachers, not just some random person that you read about it. It's like, for me, I always send people to Kumankaya, like, Hey, go down with my teachers there. Like they're going to take good care of you. And, but that's the sacrifice again. in our day and age, people don't want to make that sacrifice. Right. Oh, let me go in someone's garage or let me, <laughs> you know, it's like, mm -hmm. no, but this is a sacrifice. Oh, I want to be a personal trainer. Just let me look buff. No, get your degree or go to school or, 
oh, I want to be a nutrition coach. Well, it's not just about having abs. It's about knowing how these nutrients break down in your body, the mm -hmm. physiology of it, how it affects your blood and your brain. And, yep. and so for me, I'm always like, I encourage people to have these things because there's you can only think so much. You can only get so far within yourself. And that's what these tools are for. That's what tools are for. And these sacred plant medicines are that. They're tools to help you unlock doors that you didn't even know were there. Right. And if you did, you didn't even know the keys existed. Mm -hmm. And then when you open it up, there's doors on doors on doors yeah. inside of yourself. And, that's, yeah. and some of those doors seem pretty scary. So even if you knew they were there, you might not want to open them. Correct. Otherwise. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, it kind of forces you to have to open them. Right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That could be scary for some people. It is, you know, mm -hmm. but... You know that's uh that's the hero's journey. I don't know if you read any Joseph Campbell, but it's like yeah, yeah. it's like you gotta slay your dragon. You gotta you know you gotta slay your dragon. Yeah. And then the more dragons you slay, the more liberated you become, the mm -hmm. more fulfilled you are, the more meaning you have, the more purpose you have. But some dragons are bigger than others, and that is scary. But that's yeah. that's the hero's that's the hero's journey, you know. So. Yeah. So so do you take on just about any? Sorry, I didn't know if I. Heard. No, I was gonna say Joseph Campbell's got one of my favorite quotes. It's like oh. inside the darkest cave lies the greatest your greatest treasure. Right? Yes. It's like it's those like darkest places you fear to go is mm -hmm. where the, like for you kind of unlocking, sort of the power of the impact that you can make. Yeah. Yeah. So what is what's your ideal client? Is it more of the Native Americans, or is it just anybody that's... I just got asked this question recently. It's a great question. And I say, my ideal client is anyone who wants to grow. Anyone who, who wants to grow and put forth that effort. Because for me, I could say, oh, I want a professional athlete who wants to take their game to the next level and makes $100,000 a year. Right. But then I get that client, and they're resistant to... Whatever it is I'm doing, they're like, nah, I, my last trainer did this, or ah, I don't want to do the breath work, or why am I sitting in the sauna? Why don't you? It's like, oh, or I could get someone who is a Native American in the sober living community that comes in. Oh, great. They're sober. I can help them get their life together. I can teach them all these tools. And they're like, this is dumb. I don't want to do this. This isn't going to work. Like, I've heard it all before. Right. And I'm like, wow. So for me, the ideal client is people who want to grow, who are mm -hmm. open. And I would say on top of that is like uh, they're willing to be vulnerable and be inside of a community and understand that not everyone here is going to look the same. Not everyone here is going to talk the same. Not everyone here has the same background. And I think that's why I teach meditation or breath work. Mm -hmm. And even for me, because if you go into a lot of gyms and a lot of these yoga studios or meditation studios, most of them wouldn't want my type of people there. Right. And that's like, man, you're missing the point. You're missing the point mm -hmm. of all this. And so for me, I let anyone come in, but it's up to you if if you are willing to grow. Because I'm gonna push you. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna I'm mm -hmm. gonna challenge you, you know, like uh, I'm gonna bust you up, you know, right. like but you just have to be willing to grow. And that's I think for me, if you're open minded and wanna really embody mind, body, spirit, then this is the place for you. Cool. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome, man. Well, Joey. I'm sure we'll talk some more. Yeah. How can people yeah, find great. you? Um, so you can find me. You can come in. You can actually, you guys can just blow up Travis and Travis can. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, so uh, my Instagram is at OPT Fitness. That's OPT Fitness. Our website is OptimalAZ.com. O-P-T-I-M-A-L-A-Z.com. Okay. Our address is 745 West Baseline Street. 
uh, Mesa, Arizona, or seven forty five West Baseline Road. That's it. Mesa, Arizona, uh, eight five two one zero. And then I have a podcast, the Joey B Podcast, and uh, that's on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and uh, yeah. So those are like awesome. the main avenues to find us right now. Cool. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm I'm incredibly happy to have found you, and really happy that we can we can expose our students to. Yeah, for to sure. OPT. Thanks for it's, having it's me. Awesome, yeah, man. all of you guys. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. You do too. All right, guys. Until next time. Thanks.